0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, Talk, radio. Show. Talk Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio, hard-hitting news that I ever refused to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December 15th in the year of our Lord, two thousand and twenty. This is our one of two, did I say December 15th? That's right, December 15th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And as you know, we promote God, family, and country and protect life, liberty, and property. And as you know... Uh, We believe the supreme law of the land with checks and balances is one of the great keys for solutions we have at our fingertips. And a lot of people say this broadcast is negative. I disagree. I think we point to some of the greatest solutions that nobody else that I know of on the radio is willing to point to. And, uh, you know, sometimes to assess our situation when we live in perilous times, it isn't really a pleasant discussion. At the same time, it is a reality check. And uh, one, one of the other problems is a lot of the other people point you to solutions that just aren't going to really make a difference. You know, a new plan. I'll give you an example to really hammer home the point. You know, after 9-11, Glenn Beck and others created what's called 9-12. Others created the Tea Party. Others, and, and those are new plans to try to restore the public. And I appreciate their attempts. I, I believe they meant well. But what they don't understand is we don't need just another, you know, government-registered organization. What we don't need is a massive fundraising campaign to bring in millions of dollars. Uh, What we don't need is a a bunch of people to meet, greet, and retreat. What we don't need is uh, people to talk as if, you know, what they have is going to change the world, change the nation. Because you know what? Rarely do those movements ever work out. What usually happens is they start out well-intended, and then uh, some of the leaders get, you know, a little bit more prestigious as the organization or the concept the idea grows. And then what happens is behind the scenes, as it gets money and power and authority and prestige and fame and press and everything else, then before you know it, some of the leaders start to fight. One guy says, wait a minute, hold on. This isn't what I signed up for, for you to get all the money or for you to do this or for you to become famous and and us to be pushed to the back. And then decisions start to be made and then more anger and frustration. Before you know it, you have an internal rift that goes on. And then before you know it, a lot of the money goes to the wrong sources, the wrong places, the wrong things. And then oftentimes what happens is you kind of lose your way. You lose your purpose. And before you know it, it's kind of a power play between who's going to control or maintain the organization. And then oftentimes what happens is the organizations peter out. You look at the tea parties now, and what do you hear of the tea parties? Very, very little. What do you hear in 9-12? Very, very little. And I don't mean to be negative about those people. I appreciate their efforts, but I also understand that what they've done really is over the years they've taken a lot of money from the Patriots. Uh, and so has these election cycles, taken a lot of money from the pages. By golly, you got to help uh, this person win. If they don't win, it's curtains on the election cycle. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be awful. you got to really—I mean, now, look, this election—I mean, all the other elections were important, of course. Every election is important, but this election is the quintessential election that decide uh, who's going to be famous, or I'm sorry, who's going to be um, elected to preserve liberty. And, and then oftentimes they get elected, and they don't really spend their time preserving liberty that much, as we were told they— well, they kind of forget about it until the next election cycle. And then, oh, my goodness, by gosh, by golly, as Dr. Scott Bradley says, we've now got to, you know, really double down here because this is the critical. And we tend to deceive ourselves into believing that a group or an individual can save us or help us or overcome the problems. And, and, I, and I don't believe that's really possible. Okay? A new group, a new book, a new plan, a new okay, – those aren't the answers. And we've seen them come and go and come and go and come and go. And I've been on the radio for more than twenty-five years, and every time I see them come and go, but every time I see the American people putting a lot of hope, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort into those ideas, and they don't really pan out. And uh, I don't mean to be critical, but even the nine um, twelve and and some of the things that Glenn Beck worked on, he had a big old religious revival back in Washington D.C., which was wonderful, but he basically said, "Hey, this isn't about me. This is about everybody." But then in the end of it, he, he launched the blaze, his news service out of that. How much money has that brought to Glenn Beck and to, okay. And the blaze, I mean, it's an okay news service. Don't get me wrong. but I don't know that that it's the quintessential news service. I mean, if I were to point to one that I'd say is probably above the other head and shoulders, it would be WND.com. They've been around longer than anybody since 1997. They've been doing a great job the whole time. Yeah, there's times when you can disagree with WND. There's times when you can disagree with any of us. None of us are perfect, right? But I believe that WND.com has done some of the best work over the years of anybody. Uh, Anyway, my goal is not to attack these groups, but to get everyone to understand something as we discuss on the broadcast today. Keep that all in mind. You can't look to an individual to save you. That's a mere mortal. Now, Jesus Christ, that's a different story. We can indeed look to the Savior Jesus Christ for salvation. Uh, but but looking to an individual to save us, if we elect this person, if we appoint this person, if we sue this person, if we uh, win this election, if we overturn this election, if we stop this election, if we—those okay, aren't the answers. Never have been, and never will be. And uh, you know, a lot of times people say this show is negative, but I think this show is very positive indeed. No matter those little blips, who wins the election? who gets on the court, who this and that, they could create advances or setbacks. I agree. But we need to not fall into the trap of thinking all is lost or man, this is, you know, things are never going to be the same. Oh my gosh. You know what? You'll never, now that we've lost, they will never have a Republican win again, kind of a mentality. It, it, it has two problems with it. One to say that you'll never have a Republican win again is pure boulder dash. To secondly, to, to suggest that you th- getting a Republican to win would be the answer in the solution, but by golly, they've taken the solution away from us forever. Again, wrong headed, to say the least. Okay. The idea is that we the people are sovereign. We the people are the government of the United States of America. We, the people, can be sovereign, can be self governed. And then I'm not talking about the sovereignty movement where you think you're all above the law and you can run around without a driver's license or you can not pay your taxes or you can. Okay, I'm not talking about that kind of sovereignty movement. I'm talking about the powers in the people, says the Declaration of Independence. We've been given God given unalienable rights, and government derives its just power from the consent of the governed. But that's us as a body. That's not us individually. So I can't say I'm Bushman just go do whatever I want and say, I haven't given my consent. Then no, 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 we're talking about as a as a society. We have individual individual sovereignty that we can delegate, but we've agreed to do that societally speaking. And we've been born into the societal contract. And therefore there are obligations that go along with that. And I don't mean to deny you your God given inalienable rights individually, but I do mean we have instituted governments among men to protect those who give their consent. Uh, and we the people as part of that contract don't have individual, we've given up some degree of liberty in the sacred cause of liberty. And if you don't understand that, you got to read Bastille's The Law. It'll kind of help you get caught up on it. I digress except to say let's look at that positive view uh, about that we the people are in control and about let's not fall on the sword of an election or a person or a party or an event We're a newly organized group. Let's not put our faith in those things. Let's put our faith in God and what we can do as individuals. All right, quick recap of yesterday's show before we go on. Keep that in mind, though, of the point I'm making here about how we, the people, need to not be subject to be blown about by the wind of every doctrine and every so-called fact. Let's be steady. Let's reject fear and have faith. Where there's faith, there's hope. Where there's hope, there's charity. Let's talk a little bit about that maybe, shall we? We had our guest on yesterday, Dr. Scott Bradley, and uh, because Kurt's no longer on the show, sad loss for us. Uh, Our prayers are with him. Hopefully, uh, you know, in a month or two when things settle down, we can invite him back and he can uh, join us. Maybe not every single day. Maybe he's, uh, you know, too busy for that, but maybe we can get him back, you know, once a week or so. Uh, nevertheless, while Kurt's not here, uh, I have increased several other talk show hosts uh, as co-hosts, if you will, to be with me. Scott Bradley has increased. He'll be with us one hour, Monday and Friday now. So we're virtually doubling his time, putting him on twice a week instead of once a week. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, same thing. Instead of one hour on Monday, he'll be on one hour on Monday, one hour on Friday. We're increasing Becky Aker's time. She used to be on with us one hour once a month. Now she'll be on two hours once a month. We're reaching out to several of those co-hosts to increase their involvement in the show. And I believe it will create a, a greater roundtable. We're also adding several other phenomenal guests that you'll enjoy as well. The roundtable is expanding. And uh, there'll be more, I don't know if I should dare say nights at the roundtable. <laughs> there'll be more Liberty-loving Americans sitting at the Liberty Roundtable. I'll tell you that right now. And they will bring their knowledge, their expertise, their organizational Uh, value to the table. Now, don't get me wrong. Organizations can be good. To be part of something is good. To be involved in something is wonderful. But we had Dr. Scott Bradley on yesterday. We talked about several fundamental realities that I think are really important. By the way, Scott's website, Dr. Bradley's website, freedomsrisingsun.com. We talked about the supreme law of our land. The U.S. Constitution already has a plan, an established process, ladies and gentlemen, And it's already in place. Can we please just follow it? Was my plea as everybody comes up with a new way, a new plan, a new mousetrap, a new solution to try to overcome the election fraud and the subsequent—you call it a coronation, (laughs) inauguration of Joe Biden. The Electoral College voted yesterday. How does the Electoral College actually work? We talked about it yesterday, just ahead of the slam dunk for Biden. We'll talk about it.
2: Why don't we say to the government, writ large, that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better had a 1 percent pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1 percent pay cut. If you take a 1 percent pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes? I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches,
3: in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids.
1: Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, this segment is brought to you by Raw Honey, delivered directly to your door. To learn more, get a hold of Kurt, C-U-R-T, at LibertyRoundTable.com. Or simply dial 801 You can dial and talk to Kurt or text 801 Christmas presents, raw honey. Tastes phenomenal. In fact, you could open that dude on Christmas morning and put honey on your incredible toast. Just tastes excellent. You can put it in things for baking and a whole lot more. If you want to learn more about it, and go to the website, localhoneyman.com. Gets that done as well. All right, so I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, that the supreme law of our land, the U.S. Constitution, already has a plan. Okay, it's and an, it's an established process that's in place. Can we just follow it? Can we just use it? But no, everybody wants to learn about the Electoral College. Everybody wants to change it. The Electoral College voted yesterday. It was a slam dunk in the favor of Biden against Donald Trump. How does it actually work? We discussed it on yesterday's broadcast. If you need to go back and get a primer... Dr. Scott Bradley does a tremendous job, to say the least. Okay, that was hour one. But hour two, we talked about all the different proposals people are making of how to try to, you know, give Trump the upper edge or to somehow overturn the elections or how to expose the fraud. Or, you know, there's a lot of ways to say it. And don't get me wrong, I do believe Trump won, and I do believe there's fraud. I'm convinced of it. Nevertheless, I'm not sure what you can do when we the people have lost our freedom due to negligence as a people due to the point where we can't really get it back very easily now you can see this right some are saying can president trump cite mass evidence of fraud and create a presidential declaration to nullify the november 3rd presidential election and order a new election with legal votes where people have to show up physically and have legal valid id he could try to do that but if he does he'll be deemed a tyrant folks if he does that, he might <laughs> literally engender a civil war. Half the nation will not go for that. Even a lot of conservatives who believe Trump lost will not go for that kind of a seize of power by President Trump. And if 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 you support that notion, then you got to ask what happens when Biden does something like that. Dr. Bradley brought up that it's a double-edged sword to say the least. You better be careful when you want to grant too much power. The whole purpose of the Constitutional Republic known as America, was to pull down power, to divide power, to make sure no individual and or group got or obtained too much power. Some Trump allies, allies, I'm sorry, are planning a long shot election reversal in Congress. They say, hey, Congress has to certify the Electoral College's vote and kind of buy off on it. And there they can put together a challenge. Again, possible, but it goes to the House, ladies and gentlemen. Who controls the House? Uh, the answer, Biden's team, that's who. So, again, long, long, long shot, to say the least. Sidney Powell says Donald Trump could trigger a 2018 executive order. It's going to blow the minds of every citizen in the country. Joe Kovacs writes the story. Others write, you think the election is over? Think again. Janet Porter, well-known talk show host and author, reveals the Trump card, an executive order on foreign interference into our elections. All right. I, again, I appreciate that. But an executive order, first off, I don't even believe in executive orders. Okay. The legislative body or who make laws in America, not the president with an executive order. But even if President Trump did that, again, it would be an incredible seize of power. It would be challenged everywhere. If you're not careful, the military would be talked into arresting Donald if he did that. Okay. It, it's a non-starter. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an idea, I understand. And you would say, well, something's got to be done if the courts don't take action. Something's got to be done if the legislative bodies in each state don't take action. Something's got to be done if the Congress doesn't take action. I understand. But you've already got the Electoral College, the legislative bodies in in most states, uh, and you've got the um, courts in most states and the Supreme Court all saying, no, President Trump, you can't do that. Now, they're not taking on the merits of the case of fraud. I understand all that. They won't because they know they'll find fraud if they do. Is it corrupt and is it a problem? Absolutely. Do I believe there's a remedy? Yes, I do. Okay. So some are saying you could do an executive order. Others are creating a petition right now. Petition, quote, we the people of the United States, request President Trump invoke Insurrection Act to take back our republic along with the military. But again, Trump doesn't have unbridled power, ladies and gentlemen. The problem that I see here is, and I started out with this concept here, we the people are to blame for the problems in America. Okay? We the people have allowed vote fraud for decade upon decade upon decade. We know there's vote fraud. We've known there's been vote fraud in America for a long time. four years ago, President Trump even tried to create a panel to deal with vote fraud allegations and questions. But it got disbanded. How many people backed that vote fraud panel at the time? How many people have really determined in their state they're going to get rid of vote fraud? How many people have met with their elected officials and, and, and those who run the, uh, the vote by mail? Okay, I've literally sat down with a public official Appointed to run the mail-in ballot systems and debated and argued and tried to reject vote-in-mail for hours before. Have you, have you done that, my fellow Americans? Okay, I'm not trying to attack people, but what I'm trying to do is put the, put the uh, responsibility where it belongs. It belongs with we the people. And as long as we elect bad people, then we're going to get bad results. You say, well, Sam, uh, the, uh, there's been vote fraud. There's been vote fraud, I agree, but they can't vote fraud if 90% of the people vote for something. Okay, they can't vote fraud if enough people stand up for something. I looked on my ballot, believe it or not, and there were several positions where there was nobody even running. There was either one person on the ballot, so what do you do, vote for that one person, or it was vacant, there was nobody running on something. What do you do in those scenarios, see? Not enough people are engaged in, in running for office. You say, well, Sam, it doesn't do any good. There's vote fraud. We lose every time anyway. And my response is, how many of you have become delegates? How many of you know who the delegates are that voted yesterday on your behalf? Okay, Joe Biden clears 270 electoral votes, says the Electoral College. Now, how many of you, every one of you, has delegates that went to that Electoral College vote on your behalf? All right. In Utah, there's six of them. There's four congressional reps, and then there's two senatorial reps or delegates, if you will. So there's six delegates in Utah. How many of us know those six delegates? And how did they vote? Okay. And what you'd say is, well, in Utah, the six delegates voted for Trump. No problem. Our state's good. That's right. But remember, you are a member of states. It's called the United States. And in other places, they've got delegates that voted for Biden. And you say, well, that's a problem. Okay. Well, is there vote fraud in the Electoral College? Maybe. Don't know. But see, how do we deal with this? How many of us have ran for office to be a delegate? And I'll give you a perfect case in point in the state of Utah. All right. In Utah, we had a caucus system, which means that you vote for people in your precincts who then represent you. Who then vote to decide who will be in the primaries i've simplified it tremendously i know but then what happened is the delegate plan people didn't like it in fact mitt romney lost in that delegate vote caucus system so what they did is they created a new law with big money in in utah and the new law said hey let's reject this republic style representative government scenario Let's reject a lot of the checks and balances that the caucus system puts in place, and let's go ahead and move more towards a democracy. If somebody puts in a lot of money, uh, can hire enough people, can get enough signatures, then they can go ahead and force their name under the primary ballot regardless of the caucus system. And that was done, what, six, eight years ago in Utah? And the people didn't really riot. Some thought it was a good idea. Some thought it was a bad idea. The Republican Party was fractured over it. Bottom line, they got it done. Bottom line is, then Mitt Romney used outside the system when he lost the primary, and he got his name on the ballot anyway. And eventually, he won. So by hook or by hook or by crook, uh, does uh, the You know, Mitt Romney's the world carpet bag and come to Utah, and because of his religious status or whatever you want to say, he's got this popularity because he rolled in and engineered the Olympics to make people believe that it was tremendously inexpensive and successful, and he brought it on track. And so, you know, he's politically manipulated him into heroic status. Okay, this is what I mean. We believe that these people are rock stars and that this man, Mitt Romney or whatever, is going to save us. And, And so we don't really challenge that caucus circumventing system back in the day. Now it's easier to commit vote fraud. It's easier to manipulate the votes. It's easier to mm, change the affairs of the state of Utah. And then what happens is, hey, how do you recover from that? Well, it happens piece by piece by piece. But then later, when you can't solve it, you can't recover from it. You go, oh, golly, we got to take drastic action. My response is you don't need drastic action. You've already got a system in place to solve it. Why don't we use it? Let's talk about it more in seconds.
0: Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride.
4: President-elect Joe Biden has crossed the threshold of 270 votes and officially clinched an electoral college victory. Members of Congress are expected to certify the electoral college vote on January 6th. Biden will be sworn in as the 46th president on January 20th.
5: Nobody can go in and say, "Oh, congratulations on running a good race." They didn't run a good race. They cheated. They dropped hundreds of thousands of ballots. Right. They did things that nobody's ever seen, and we caught them. No judge has had the courage, including the. Supreme Court. I am so disappointed in them. No judge, including the Supreme Court of the United States, has had the courage to allow it to be heard.
4: President Trump on Fox over the weekend. The U.S. public has started to receive the Pfizer-BioNTech coronavirus vaccine Monday after it was authorized for emergency use by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine goes before the FDA for emergency use on Thursday. USA Radio News.
6: Newsmax TV is exploding and everyone's talking about it. Now a survey finds that 30 million Americans are watching Newsmax TV all the time. Millions are turning off Fox and President Trump says he loves Newsmax. So watch it and make sure you vote in Newsmax's national poll asking about President Trump conceding the election. It takes a minute. Just text the word NORTH. To 39747 and vote instantly. President Trump wants to know your opinion, so text North to 39747 and vote instantly in Newsmax's poll. Plus, watch Newsmax TV with great shows, including Dick Morris, Rudy Giuliani, Michelle Malkin, Diamond and Silk, Mike Huckabee, Greg Kelly, Sean Spicer, and more. Newsmax is on all major cable systems. Check your guide or tell your cable operator you want Newsmax like everyone else. Watch Newsmax TV today and vote in their big poll on Trump. Text NORTH to 39747 and let your voice be heard.
4: After learning Russian hackers infiltrated government servers, how does this happen? USA Radio News Timberg has more.
7: The FBI is investigating hacking of systems of the U.S. Treasury and Commerce Departments. The group behind the cyber attack is linked to the Russian government. A spokesman for the National Security Council says the U.S. government is working to remedy any possible issues related to the threat. As far as what the hackers were looking for, cybersecurity analyst Morgan Wright says,
3: Uh, Information, everything from what we're doing with Kofi. COVID vaccine research to what uh, our positions are on sanctions, what our bargaining positions are going to be. They're especially probably looking at any information during this transition period about what an incoming Biden administration might be thinking with respect to sanctions on Russia, sanctions
7: on allies of Russia, or what our position is on China. Russia is denying any involvement in the hack. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg.
4: Microsoft's Office 365 email may have been the conduit used by hackers. USA Radio News.
8: All
1: right, let me give you the quintessential example of my point, ladies and gentlemen. We, the people, are responsible for the beating we're taking on conservative views, on constitutional views, on family values views, etc., etc., right on down the line. We can blame the Republican-controlled Supreme Court for promoting Roe v.ersus Wade to the point where 60 million babies have been murdered, and we can blame the Supreme Court, and I think they're at fault, but we can also blame we, the people. How come there's not enough pro-life people since 1973 that have been absolutely committed and dedicated to overturning these murderous abuses of moral law? All right, this is a serious question. Most folks are either pro-abortion or they're like, "Mm, I mean, I think it's bad and evil and I wish it were stopped, but what do they do to stop it? Okay, you have a pro-life event every year in January, so that's coming up, we hope. Uh, to really deal with this issue. Can they meet now because of the COVID or not? See, if they meet, will people get arrested? Will they get beat up by Antifa? Will they? Okay, we have let ourselves get into this corner. We didn't stand for the life of the most innocent among us. And so then the next life, the next life, the next life becomes in jeopardy. And we, again, don't have a line in the sand. We don't stand up. You can say that I'm being incredibly negative, but I don't believe so. Okay, Joe Biden, for example, just cleared 270 Electoral College votes. And here's what Biden said. Democracy won. So now you guys are about to have somebody swear an oath to the supreme law of the land. Okay? Listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. You're about to have a man who can hardly string two sentences together. He's got so many health, and, you know brain function problems at this point to where he can't hardly string two sentences together, but you want to elect him, people. And you want to uh, allow him to take the oath of office where he swears allegiance, swears an oath to the U.S. Constitution, the supreme, I'm going to add, supreme law of our land. This is a known, bona fide, dishonest liar. Okay. And you want to swear this guy in and what he states when you work on swearing him in through all the different levels of government, each state having votes, each state having tallies, each state certifying their votes, each state submitting those, okay, to this national approval at the Electoral College. And you want to say this guy who you want to swear a out to the Supreme Law of the Land says, hey, democracy won, he says. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have a democracy, Okay. And Biden did not win. You say, wait a minute, Sam, what are you talking about? He just got 270 plus electoral votes. There wasn't hardly a single, really, a a real election challenge to that. Right. I understand. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's really the bottom line. All right. Joe Biden is the guy that literally said we have a democracy. And he wants to swear an oath to that. But this is also the guy that says this.
9: It doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter whether or not they had no background that enabled them to, have, to uh, become, a, a social, uh, become socialized into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask, what made them do this? They must be taken off the street. That's number one. There's a consensus on that. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them, born out of wedlock, without parents without supervision without any structure without any conscience developing because they literally I give myself 3 more minutes because they literally have not been socialized they literally have not had an opportunity we should focus on them now if we don't they will or a portion of them will become the predators 15 years from now And Madam President, we have predators on our streets that society has in fact, in part because of its neglect, created. Again, it does not mean because we created them that we somehow forgive them or do not take them out of society to protect my family and yours from them. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Beyond the pale. And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. And the truth is, we don't very well know how to rehabilitate them at that point. That's the sad truth. I'm the guy that said, rehabilitation, when it occurs, we don't understand it and notice it. And when we even when we notice it and we know it occurs, we don't know why. So you cannot make rehabilitation a condition for release. That's why in our system, there's, the federal system, you serve 85% of your time. It's a shame, but we don't know how to rehabilitate. But there is a consensus, and I will cease. A, we must make the streets safer. I don't care why someone is a malfactor in society. I don't care why someone is antisocial. I don't care why they become a sociopath. We have an obligation to cordon them off from the rest of society. But they are in jail, away from my mother your husband our families
1: okay this is a guy on the house floor uh, in the senate floor talking about blacks okay that's the guy that's what we deal with this guy this guy also said this we have put together i think the most extensive and
9: inclusive voter fraud organization
1: in the history of American
8: politics.
1: What? Kind of out voter fraud organization, Joe. Okay. This is the problem with Joe. Check this out.
9: It doesn't matter.
1: Oh, let's see. Try this one here. There's so many clips I've got of Joe here. Come on, man. Okay. This is the guy that, in my opinion, uh, Hey, he doesn't belong in office. But we've allowed this guy to be there for decades. Okay, we say we don't want to promote an insider, but we've allowed this guy to get elected. He's the most, in my opinion, inside guy you could get. And he's waltzed his way to the pre- presidency and you say, well, Sam, that's not our fault. Vote fraud was committed. We all voted against him. I know. But we, we've allowed vote fraud to get above us. And then we've allowed the courts. We've, we put people on the courts that are long-termers. Okay, we didn't put people like the Ten Commandments man. The guy that stood up in Alabama for the Ten Commandments. Do you know his name? Do you even know his name? That's the guy that stood up for the Ten Commandments in America and Alabama. And what did we do? We allowed him to get kicked out of office. Then the people in Alabama put him back in office. And then we let him get kicked out of office again. And then we allowed him to be back in office. Okay, this is the guy where the people keep putting him back in office. But the elites around him that we keep electing as well keep kicking him out of office. Right? And we allow that to go on. Anybody who stands up for what is right takes a beating. Okay, and we let it happen as a people. Right? So Joe Biden now clears 270 electoral votes, they claim. And Biden responds and says, democracy won. Joe needs to be asked by the media to pledge allegiance to the flag. Joe, can you pledge allegiance to the flag, my friend? You're the president. You're about to swear an oath to become president. You're the president-elect. Okay. Can you pledge allegiance to the flag? And I'd like to see him do it. And then I'd like to add, stop him right there when he says, I pledge allegiance to the flag, the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands. Joe, can you talk to us a little bit about the difference between a republic and a democracy, my friend? Because I know some would say they're just words and they don't mean much, and they're kind of the same thing, you know. But I don't think so. It's not like saying a soda pop. Some call it soda, some call it pop. Right? Okay, this is serious business. These words mean things. Joe, do you know the difference between a Republican and a democracy? But see, we're not going to ask that because we don't have any control of the media. So over the years, not only have we elected all the wrong people, not only have we let them obliterate and obliterate and obliterate the checks and balances that make America great, uh, but we've literally let the media tell us what to think and breathe and believe. That's right, what to think and breathe and believe, right? And we've said that's fine. Let me give you an example to make the point. The Wall Street Journal just published an op-ed piece. And in the editorial, it calls out Donald Trump for his failure to concede the election to Joe. Okay, I appreciate that the Wall Street Journal can write that, but so many people see and believe the propaganda written in that piece. It's not even funny. Joe Biden is not the president-elect yet. The election finishes with an inauguration making him president. Congress still has to meet. I think there's another deadline. What is it, January 6th? Why are we allowing the media to spin these lies?
8: Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail. In our faith and principles which are simple no need for a complex formula one goal one aim a strategy like the heroic christians of the past we win they lose nothing less big q little q the calm before the storm by a friend of Mejigoria. the strategy of heaven revealed big q little q the calm before the storm available on amazon.com or by calling caritas in the u.s at 205-672-2000
1: All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to be offensive, but we the people are responsible for the beating we're taking, politically speaking. When Joe Biden, literally who can hardly string two sentences together, promises in the debate, he will not claim victory until all the certifications are done. Ladies and gentlemen, that means with each state legislative body, that's done. Some say fraudulently, so it's being challenged. So I say it's not done, but some claim it's done. Uh, The Electoral College, again, some claim it's done. I say that's still up for debate. You still got the congressional confirmation on this. Some say it's imminent. They may be right. Doesn't change the fact that it has not happened yet. But the eventual uh, long game is the inauguration on January 20th. President Trump is president until that day. And until uh, the inauguration, the peaceful transfer of power takes place. And Joe Biden promised he would wait for that and not declare victory and tell them, but he lied. So now you got a guy that lies. Now you got a guy that talks about, hey, democracy won. Now you got the Wall Street Journal doubling down, publishing an editorial chastising Trump for not accepting the results of the election and peacefully, what do they call it, concede the election. Why would you concede? Why does he have to concede? He's saying there's challenges and I'm not going to concede until all my... Legal remedies are exhausted. Some would say, well, they already are, Sam, and my response is, no, 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 no. There's a constitutional process for this. This is not debatable, folks. Okay, but we the people have allowed that to occur. Okay? We've allowed President Donald Trump to surround himself with swamp monsters forever. Right? You had that whacked-out senator from uh, Alabama that was up there for a while. Government insider to the big time. Then you got now Bill Barr. Trump Attorney General Bill Barr now stepping down. So you got Bill Barr surrounding Trump, who's been a swamp monster forever. This guy's deep state as you get. So we the people have allowed President Trump to surround himself with these ne'er-do-wells. Why are we allowing it? I don't know. Every venue we go to, President Trump, you know, hey, lock her up, lock people up. Lock. We haven't locked anybody up. We've just talked. But if I bring up anything that Trump has not accomplished, then I'm the enemy if I'm a not a Trump guy. So the Trump derangement syndrome goes two ways. It's either never Trumper, and anything you say good about Trump, you're an enemy. I say a lot of good about Trump. But then there's the der- Trump derangement syndrome on the other side of the coin. It cuts both ways. If I am a never Trumper and I say anything good about Trump, then the never Trumpers hate me. If, on the other hand, I say anything negative about Trump, or that I, I, I believe Trump hasn't done right, or then the always Trumpers hate me. So you got the never-Trumpers or the always-Trumpers hating you no matter what you do, even if you try to call it the best you can. But Bill Barr stepping down, and thank heavens for that. Another deep swamp steps down. But who will replace him? Will we even replace him before Joe Biden gets inaugurated? Don't know. But now, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. you got Roger Stone. Do you believe him to be an up-and-up righteous, you know, purveyor of liberty? An oath-keeper, if you will? (laughs) So Roger Stone now who got pardoned from President Trump. Of course, none of the good guys can get pardoned from President Trump. Steve Stockman comes to mind at the top of my list. All right. But but Roger Stone could get pardoned. Roger Stone now is considering a Senate run against either Marco Rubio or Rick Scott in the 2022 primaries. So that's a couple years off, fine. But again, do you support Rick Scott? Is he a good guy or an insider? He's been there for a long time. I don't see him doubling down on the Constitution. I don't see him rolling out and going on alternative media to tell the tale of liberty or anything. So, you know, Marco Rubio, Rick Scott, Roger Stone. Those are the guys we're talking about as, hey, the next what? Senator? See? These people were putting in office. I question all of them. And the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, we don't even have very many real alternatives. Okay? We don't have any real solutions. Not because the solutions aren't there, but because we're not willing to literally get involved in them. Even when a good person comes up with an incredible solution, we don't back those people. Let me give you an example. Sydney Powell. Her goal is to protect and to defend the lawful votes of American citizens. She wants to ensure election integrity, educate the world on what it really means to be a constitutional republic, and pursue legal action to pursue the vision of our founders. She wants to maintain this great republic Her website, DefendingTheRepublic.org. Now, I don't know how much money Sydney Powell has towards her lawsuits and towards her efforts, but she should have millions of dollars. She should really be supported, in my opinion, her and Lynn Wood more than anybody else. Is she perfect? No. Can people criticize what she's done? Of course. But in my opinion, she's done more to try to get honesty in our elections than anybody else. And I appreciate that when she goes and speaks, we have, you know, several hundred people, maybe even several thousand out there to back her and speak and support her. And, you know, there's been plenty of people that have put in money to support her, I think, compared to nobody. But ladies and gentlemen, if we really believe that, what, 80% of the Republicans don't believe there was a fair, honest election, how many people are really backing Sidney Powell? How many people are really chastising openly the Supreme Court and pushing for impeachment of these justices, as Sidney Powell asks us to do or suggests that we should be doing? Sidney's right. We should be impeaching these judges. Sidney's right. The courts are corrupt, and they haven't even ruled on the appropriateness or the the, uh, merits of a given case. They've really argued that, oh, you don't have standing. Oh, there's this technicality. Oh, it wouldn't make enough difference anyway. But yeah, if you take one case, it may not make enough difference. But if you take the 50 cases, put them all together, you develop a pattern of vote fraud that's obvious as all get out. But Then you've got Bob Barr and the Supreme Court justices that are just dismissing everything. They're not even openly, honestly looking into these things. The American people should be absolutely up in arms. But there's a huge disconnect out of the 80% of the people that are Republicans that say, man, we believe this is vote fraud. And a significant portion of the Democrats as well, by the way, out of all those people, how many are really translating that into really backing Sidney Powell for impeachment? Okay, in my opinion, what they're doing is they're, they're backing all kinds of wrong-headed solutions. Oh, let's have Donald declare an executive order. Let's have the president, you know, declare martial law. Let's have, okay, those are all wrong-headed ideas. Let's secede from the union. Let's have an Article 5 convention. Let's do everything to break America apart is what's being proposed. We need real solutions on the table, and when they are, they're not backed by very many people. My solution for over 25 years, Kirk Crosby's solution and my solution, has been we need to take back the media so we can basically give you an honest, open, transparent narrative. The issue is honesty. But they've allowed to control the narrative, and they still do. Okay? Now, there are some people that are, that are doing right actions. Sidney Powell, I mentioned, is one of them. I think a lot of what she's doing is good. Now, I know that she said, hey, you could have an executive order claiming that there's international uh, interference into our elections. That's a worthy point. The only question is if that's true, how to go about the prosecutions, right? Uh, Nevertheless, um, we need to be very careful of what we do. But there is an effort in California that I want to end this hour on because I've been pretty critical, I think justifiably so, I might add, About we the people are responsible for this. You can't blame it on this politician or that politician. What you can do is take power into our own hands as American citizens and demand judges are impeached. Okay? Demand answers and solutions. And I think there's some people trying to do that effectively. I've mentioned that what we need to do is try these cases and throw people in jail. That needs to happen. The next thing we need to do is elect good, honest, wise people to office. And the more we watch the votes, the more we insist the votes remain local and are counted physically, and we do not agree to those machines. You can county by county reject those machines. State by state, you can reject those machines and count your ballots by hand, and we can take the vote fraud away from the manipulators. I've mentioned that we need to impeach. We need to elect But one of the other ways is we can recall. So right now, Governor Gavin Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom, I should say, Gavin Newsom, is locking down certain regions of California in response to what he calls increasing COVID-19 cases, okay? But I don't know if you know about this, but a growing number of Republicans or I should say Californians. They're not just Republicans. They're Californians. They're pushing back by signing a petition to recall Newsom. Yeah. Organizers of the campaign to recall Newsom say that they have more than half the signatures required to get it on the ballot. If you could put the measure... On the ballot, folks, the effort to recall Governor Newsom is gaining steam. Now, in my opinion, this is a viable effort. This guy has violated religious liberties big time in the state of California. He's promoted bars and strip clubs, violated churches' rights to freedom of religion, to freedom of speech, to freedom to assemble, to peacefully assemble. Okay, this guy has violated the First Amendment like no other. California is also a tyrannical state that violates the Second Amendment like no other, right? Well, now there's enough people going, wait a minute. Hey, we got to recall this guy. This guy's a thug. This guy's out of control. But first, why did we, meaning the Californians, elect this guy in the first place? Okay, fine. You made your mistake. You, you see your mistake. Now let's see a serious push. How many people are in, in, in California? 40 million? 40 million people? I don't know how many of those million are adults, but let's just say that it's 25 million or 20 million adults. Sadly, we don't have enough children anymore. That's a whole nother topic. But 20 million adults in California, what if 10 million of those adults demanded that we get rid of and we recall Governor Gavin Newsom, huh? But see, if you have 100,000 people do it, it sounds like a lot, but it's not even close to enough. The politicians and the barricades will just be like, we're listening to the people that are silent, that aren't saying anything. Okay, if you want to recall Governor Gavin Newsom, it's a wonderful idea, and it's within the, the remedy, the solutions that Americans have to take back the power. We can say, we don't consent to you leading us anymore, Newsom. You're out on your ear, buddy. But number one, you've got to get enough signatures. It's very difficult. We've allowed them. When I say them, meaning politicians and bureaucrats and professional do-gooders, we've allowed them, ladies and gentlemen, to create all kinds of rules to make it very hard for our will to be felt. So when we want to recall, that's a great idea, and it's within our privy to do so. It's in the privy of the California people to do so, the California residents. But you know what? They've allowed us, we've allowed them to create a bunch of laws to make it very difficult to do. We're going to have to deal with that because we've let it go for so long that now it's very regulatorily difficult. Is that a word, regulatorily? (laughs) Uh, the regulations are so egregious that it's very difficult. But we got to power through that. we got to get rid of this guy and put somebody in who will not behave in such a tyrannical manner. But I believe that that's going about it correctly. Recall, impeach, reelect or elect. We can use all these methods, folks, and you don't need to focus on one election cycle or one person. You need to focus on the broader scope that we as the moral majority need to engage And if we do, I submit to you, the positive news is, by our greater numbers, shall we find success. Take courage and hope in that and get involved, would you please? Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live on Loving Liberty Radio Networks, lovingliberty.net. God save the republic.
0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for December the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is hour two of two, but the goal remains the same to promote God, family, and country and protect life, liberty, and property. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm making the point that we, the people, are responsible for all the troubles we're facing right now. And you can look at politicians and professional do-gooders. You can point to vote fraud. You can point to this. You can point to that. You can point to anything you want to. But at the end of the day, it's our responsibility. And we've shirked our duty as the problem. Call me negative. Call me what you want. But I think I'm calling it correct. And I'm also pointing to the solution. Okay. Do you know what the preamble to the United States Constitution says? Most folks talk about the Constitution, but they don't know what the preamble says, right? Do you know what the preamble to the United States Constitution says? You really should know, folks, because if you don't, that's a problem. All right? The Declaration of Independence says governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed now if they have any powers that are unjust who allowed that to occur and if they have too many powers that are unjust right now what do we do about it the answer is we use every lawful means to put us back in control but that only works if enough people are involved okay so the preamble of the united states constitution says this ready we the people of the United States in order to form a more perfect union. Establish justice. So who establishes justice, ladies and gentlemen? We the people or the robed thugs at the helm? See, we seem to think the robed thugs do. That they decide everything now, by golly, and that's the way it is. See, I don't agree with that at all. We need to impeach those people. The Look, the Declaration of Independence says that they, meaning government, have just powers. Uh, by the consent of the governed. are we consenting when they administer unjustly? We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Who does that, ladies and gentlemen? Can I ask you? It says right at the start, we the people. That's what it says in the preamble of the Constitution. Declaration of Independence says governments are instituted among men. By who? We the people. Okay? You're not going to get me to think it's somebody else to blame. Now, I get that you say, well, Sam, I can't do anything about it individually right now. No, you can't. But you can do your part consistently. And I ask you over the last 25 years, quarter of a century. Have you done so? Have you taken your God-given responsibility as a member of the greatest country on the face of the earth? Have you used your responsibility to preserve your liberty? Or have you let others take that responsibility from you? Right? This is really important to understand. I know some are saying, oh, Sam, this is just a, a great... Whatever in philosophy, blah, blah, blah. We got problems to deal with them. Let's kick these thugs out. Okay, I get it. But proposing all the wrong answers just demonstrates the ignorance of the American people. We need education, folks, to understand what the problems are and how to return to the solutions. When the preamble of the United States Constitution says this, we, the people of the United States, in order to, more, or to form a more perfect union, establish justice. Who establishes justice? We the people do, okay? Now you say, well, we've assigned these, you know, judges to do it on our behalf. Yeah, you have. And if they're administering justly, then leave it alone. That's fine. But if they're not, then who needs to do something about it? We the people, right? Ensure domestic tranquility. What does that mean? I think it means no riots in the streets, doesn't it? Domestic tranquility. Or does that mean you let people riot and take over whole cities and create thug zones? And run the cops out on a rail. Is that what domestic tranquility is? I don't think so. We need to ensure domestic tranquility. And if those people who are not doing it on our behalf need to get out of the way. But we need to secure the the blessings of what? Listen. The blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Who do blessings come from? Do they just come from magic? Do they come from video games? Do they come from the latest elected bureaucrat and professional do-gooder? I think not. Okay, blessings come from Almighty God, make no mistake. We do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. This is critical. So I submit to you that it's about personal and collective responsibility. That's what it's about. Are we the people willing to take personal and collective responsibility? And if we're not, and you're shocked at why we have trouble in the, the land, I don't really know how to help you. Now. Now. You say, well, Sam, I just don't know what to do, buddy. I feel like my hands are tight. Yes, in crisis mode, they want you to feel like your hands are tight. I agree. And they want you to feel like it's all lost. They want you to believe that you might as well stick a fork in it because it's over. I don't believe in any of that, ladies and gentlemen. I don't believe in that at all. In fact, I think that's a discouraging point of view. And to point to all kinds of other solutions, then taking personal responsibility, I submit to you, is another problem. Okay? We don't need to rely on the courts for all of our answers. See, President Trump and team and lawyers and populace have all just sat there going, oh, my gosh, let's go to the government to solve our problems. Let's go to the legislative bodies in every state. Let's go to uh, the courts in the given states. Let's go to the, oh, my gosh, we lost. Let's go to the appellate court. Oh, my gosh, we lost. Let's go to the Supreme Court. We're asking judges and professional do-gooders, 90% of which people are appointed, By bureaucrats we've elected, and now we're going, oh, my gosh, we got a crisis. Man, we got to take drastic action. So we get hit by traffic going both directions because we're so ignorant about the real solutions in America. And now we've got head injury, and we're standing in the middle of the road. And instead of staying put in, like, the center aisle of the road so we don't get hit more, waiting for help, we try to run around in the road. And we're just getting beat, 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 beat. The answer is to step back and go, why do we have the elected people elected that we have? You know what? Why don't we, in our local precincts, take back power? We can do so locally at first, and that can grow. It comes down to your state, your county, your city, your local municipalities. And if we can't get control of those elections and get people who will carry out the will of the people, in other words, carry out their duties delegated to them by the consent of the governed, then we're not going to do it on a larger scale, are we? All right, the Declaration of Independence is very clear. Governments are instituted among men. That means men and women, by the way. Deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. If they don't have just powers, we need to put somebody else in place. And if we can't do it locally, we'll never do it on a more distant scale from the people. Government that's closest to the people governs best, right? Okay, so I'm not trying to be offensive here or negative or disrespectful or inconsiderate. And I'm sure I'm all those things to many. But I, what I'm saying to you is don't think you can solve the presidential problem by having government bureaucrats who are in the swamp solve your problems for you and then get all discouraged and angry and, and, and when it doesn't go well you need to back up and apply proper principle. If it is the consent of the governed that give them their just just powers, we need to remind them of what we've delegated in terms of authority and power. And when they obey it, we need to praise them. And when they disobey it, we need to find somebody else. And fast. Right? We need to look for good, honest, wise servants of the Republic. And when the Declaration of Independence points that reality out, Then the pre owner of the United States Constitution starts out, we the people of the United States do the following. Didn't say bureaucrats do the following. You'd say, well, Sam, in a constitutional republic, we have elected representatives that are supposed to do things we ask. That's right. That's exactly right. But don't you dare shift blame and responsibility to those people whom we've put in place. They derive their just powers from our consent. And if we put them in place and they do what is just, then by all means, retain them, support them, help them. But if we put them in place by our consent and then they betray us and don't do what we've delegated, don't carry out justly, then we, my fellow Americans, need to change who we give consent to. And it happens first on the local level.
11: I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused Border Agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text, to 444-999, text FIGHT to 444 999, text F I G H T to 444 999, or go to defendapatriot.com defendapatriot.com
10: Yeah, this is David in engineering.
11: This is your wife in suburbia.
10: Oh, hi, hon. What's up?
11: How's the robot coming?
10: Well, it doesn't exactly respond to requests mm. yet, but... Um... Well,
11: I know how frustrating that can be. You do? Uh-huh. I'm still waiting for my romantic lunch date.
10: Oh, yeah. David. Well, I must not have enough memory uh, allocated. Uh-huh. Sorry?
11: You know, your son said mama today. Really? Uh-huh.
10: Well, we'll have to have that sound change to data.
11: Well, you could reprogram it yourself, you know.
10: I know. Hey, why don't we do it over lunch today?
11: Oh, you really are brilliant. Thanks.
10: You want me to bring the robot? David. He can order pasta in 11 languages.
11: Only if he pays for his own lunch.
10: Okay. Oh, don't forget to bring Chip. Uh, I
11: still wish we had not named him that. Well,
10: why? It beats general default. Oh. Family. Isn't it about time? Do you know that a baby processes information three times faster than an adult?
11: An adult what? The engineer. Engineer. Funny, funny. I'll see you at noon.
10: I can't wait. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
2: I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch.
1: So we always wait till there's a crisis. And then when there's a crisis, we turn to the very people who are not dealing with us justly. All right? We, the people, have the obligation for justice. All right? I submit to you, my fellow Americans, it's about personal and collective responsibility. You can't have freedom without responsibility. The two go hand in hand. All right? Now, we the people are supposed to establish justice if you believe in the preamble of the Constitution. All right? We the people. It isn't bureaucrats. So if the government is not properly administering justice, why are we just waiting and looking to the courts? Why since November 3rd, if there's really vote fraud, listen carefully to me, if there's really vote fraud in the nation, and I believe there is, don't misunderstand my question, but if there is, why are we waiting for the nine robed appointed by the president with advice and consent from the Senate? Why are we letting those nine people decide the fate of it all? We're saying, by golly, those nine people didn't do what they were supposed to. Shame on them. Uh, And but we're not using the constitutional remedies to deal with them. If they're dealing with the people unjustly, who's supposed to administer justice? All right? We're supposed to establish justice. So justice would say if those nine people have betrayed America and the citizenry, those who have given their consent, then we must impeach them. And we must demand that all levels, that those whom we've elected take action and and impeach these judges. That's on the national level, the federal level, if you will. You say, Sam, don't use those terms interchangeably. I am on purpose. The federal level, the national level, the general level, whatever word you want to use, don't get caught up in minutiae here for a second. I know words mean things, but I I want to appeal to everybody to understand. Okay, we need to administer justice to those nine justices. And I don't mean in any harmful or violent way of any, any kind. I mean in an impeachment, removal from position for dereliction of duty, all right, justice was not served by them, therefore, the consent of the governed, the governed, are we the people, we need to give consent to say we are the ones that need to administer justice, ensure justice, all right, so that's what we can do on the, on the national level, the federal level, okay, on the local level, though, what we need to do is if there's really vote fraud, we need to simply say, listen, in my area, there is a county, and in my county is a, a series of precincts, okay? They've carved up America into little teeny, 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 things called precincts. And these precincts are where everything is decided and where you vote, etc. You'd say, Sam, wait a minute. The precincts have been kind of obliterated by mail-in ballots. You're right about that. But why have we let that happen? See, this is what I'm talking about. You can't complain that it's all gone wrong when all the stepping stones to it going wrong were not challenged. Americans didn't up in arms about mail-in ballots. They said, fine, no big deal, whatever. It's easier for me to vote at home anyway. Especially because of the COVID, the excuse, right? So, But we need to go back and say, wait a minute, in my precinct, I want to know that my election results are accurate. And if enough people in a precinct demand it, it will happen. If enough people in a county, in a state, demand it, it will happen. Here's the problem. Are you ready? Listen carefully. There's not enough people that are willing to challenge it. Okay, you want to have a um, Burning Man event or some entertainment Harry Potter event or Disney event or whatever the case may be for entertainment, a football game, a basketball game, whatever, the people will come out in mass. They'll put money in, they'll start petitions, they'll start fundraisers, they'll do whatever it takes, buddy, to bring back that entertainment or that whatever. You bring up that we want to stop mail-in ballots because we believe it's subject to fraud and a concern, and we want to be able to count our ballots locally on the precinct level by hand to make sure that the vote count is accurate, and you might get five people to show up, and the rest will go, look at those wackos over there. I know that it's a problem, but we can't really do much about it, especially I can't associate with those crazies that are out there, you know, picketing or doing whatever they're doing about it, right? And that's where we go. And I know many would say, Sam, you're just being negative can't believe you're not really, you know, dealing with this in a better way. You need to be positive. And I would submit to you that I think that this is a very positive focus right now. Not because I mean to chastise everyone or whatever, but because I think we need a retraining. I think we need to go back to the basics. We need to go back to the fun- fundamentals, ladies and gentlemen. And the fundamentals are this. My fellow Americans, it's about personal and general responsibility. And if we don't take that responsibility seriously, we cannot and will not live free. This is very fundamental to the cause of liberty, the sacred cause, I might add. This is not me just babbling at the mouth. This is not me just being trying to cause issues with everybody or be offensive. But it is a wake-up call. It is a candid reality check. It is, I believe, a pro- an appropriate refocusing of who we are as a people. Are we the people that are going to riot because their entertainment's not there? But we're not going to do anything when there's election fraud? Okay? I appreciate that we want somebody far away from us. In my case, how far is Washington, D.C. away? 2,000 miles? 2,200 miles? I don't know exactly, but it's it's far. Do I want somebody 2,000 miles away, nine people to decide whether there's been vote fraud in my precinct in my county? Do I want the Republican Party to decide everything for me and to govern the rules, the details, the regulations on how the elections happen in my municipality? Do I want that? The Republican Party is a private entity. It's not even government, folks, but they certainly run the precincts. They certainly run the votes. They certainly run the tally. They certainly run the calculations. They certainly participate in uh, using voting machines that send my vote around the world. But am I going to challenge the Republican Party on that? Am I going to say, wait a minute, I don't like this. This is the problem. Or am I just going to go, you know, the jazz game's on the night there. I don't mean to be offensive, but I do mean to really clearly call out where the responsibility lies. The responsibility lies in we the people at the local level. And if we don't take that responsibility seriously, I don't mean to be offensive, but I don't see how we're going to have liberty. If you expect nine people from 2,000 miles away to solve your election fraud, and then when they don't do it to your satisfaction, you're going to go, oh, that was horrible. We've been wronged. That's bad. Sidney Powell, can you fix it for us? Lynn Woods, can you? Well, no, those guys are wackos. Can you? Okay, and, and then we get into that. We, the people, need to take action. And I'm glad the people in California are starting to put together a recall for Governor Newsom because that's exactly what needs to happen. All right, let's talk a little bit more to make the point. We have not lost our liberties overnight, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't. We woke up and, oh, by golly, um, you know what? Uh, The fox ate a bunch of chickens. Okay, this has been happening for a long time, and we've ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, and now it is in your face. Now there's just fraud that's openly in your face, and they literally mock us and say, what are you going to do about it, huh? And I submit to you that what we should do about it is work locally, work within your family. You know, Mike Lee really points this out on the commercial we run on his behalf, which says, look, you're not going to solve all the problems with climate change. You're not going to solve all the problems with electing. so You're going to solve the problems by getting married and having children and, and teaching your children the, the principles of liberty and living a self-governed life The answers lie within the family. The family is the fundamental unit of society. That's where you're going to find answers. And if that breaks down, you're not going to have a stable society. If the family, the fundamental unit of society is strong, you're going to have a great society. Okay? It's within the walls of your own home that your greatest work is accomplished, is the point. All right? But right now, we're letting uh, our liberties slip, slip, slip. And we're very divided on the issues. In a divided America, a divided people cannot stand. What is it? Biblically speaking, a house divided against itself cannot stand. That's what we're talking about. Okay, so here's the headline. Pro lockdown politicians. Those folks need to be removed immediately by recall, by impeachment, by whatever, uh, maybe by election, whatever it takes, we need to engage and if enough Americans don't see it and do it. We're going to get what we're getting because that's the will of the people by their silence. It's the will of the people by their lack of engagement. It's the will of the people by their capitulation, by their apathy, by their whatever word you want to use to fill in there, by their negligence, by their dereliction of duty, by their lack of interest, by their lack of knowledge, right? You can't be saved faster than you have knowledge, can you? But I digress. Pro-life lockdown. I'm sorry. Pro-lockdown politicians. I wish we had pro-life folks, but we have pro-lockdown politicians and they're in the mainstream media now peddling this idea and whipping people into a frenzy about wearing masks, even though more and more studies are showing that mask wearing is largely ineffective. Hang tight.
0: Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride.
4: With the Electoral College giving its official president-elect title to Joe Biden Monday, the election is now officially ready for Inauguration Day on January 20th. Tens of millions of Americans do not recognize Biden as president. A thousand sworn affidavits, videotapes of suitcases full of ballots being stuffed into election machines after hours. That all falls to the wayside and was never debated in any court, leaving many feeling the election system is empty and broken. President Trump confirmed that Attorney General Bill Barr will be leaving his job just before Christmas. He will be succeeded on an interim basis by Deputy Jeff Rosen. Quote, just had a very nice meeting with Attorney General Bill Barr at the White House. Our relationship has been a very good one. He has done an outstanding job. As per letter, Bill will be leaving just before Christmas to spend the holidays with his family. End quote. A total solar eclipse took place Monday. It was visible from Chile and Argentina in the afternoon. As the moon blocks, the sun was not visible to North America. USA Radio News.
12: Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life
5: at a time.
13: The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And during this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so
12: cool. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA
7: let's get an update with pfizer's vaccine rollout as the coronavirus vaccine continues to be rolled out across the country How are the logistics of that looking? Richard Smith is the regional president of Americas and the executive vice president of global support for FedEx Express, which is handling half of the mass distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. He discusses with NBC's Today Show just exactly how the logistics will work. Well, we'll deliver to uh, around uh, somewhere between 70 uh, and 80 discrete facilities. There are hundreds of shipments going out in the first few
13: uh, waves here, but over time, We'll deliver to tens of thousands of, of hospitals and medical centers and other administration sites throughout this effort. And we're well prepared for it. The planning has been going on for months. It's what our network was built for. We do it every day, moving temperature controlled shipments, including vaccines. So we're ready for this, and
7: uh, we're very confident. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. <laughs>
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live. Hard-hitting talk radio at your fingertips. All I can tell you is we, the people, need to really understand the sacred cause of liberty. And when people vote, their freedom's away, one little bit at a time. Before you know it, you got a crisis on your hands. All right, who do we got on the radio?
13: Uh, my name is Ryan Lemons. Hi, I'm you living. just say
1: your first name, Ryan, from where?
13: Uh, Ron, I'm sorry, Ron. Arlen. Oh, Ron,
1: okay. Ron from where?
13: I'm in Kirkwood, Missouri in St. Louis County. Okay. And now uh, we do have a Republican governor that so far has resisted the lockdowns and everything else.
1: Well, good for him. We're um, grateful he, for that, sir.
13: He did it once for 30 days, but the rural Missouri and the farmers said, if you don't undo this fast, you won't be reelected. So he he, he did back down. Now, in our county, we have a Democrat controlled county for 30-something years. Yes, sir. And 69% of the people in the November election voted for this little tyrant, and he even said before the election, I will lock us down for four more years. I don't care what the count or what the state or the country does. This is what I'm doing. His name is Dr. Sam Page, and I use that doctor loosely because everything a lot of us have tried to present to him with the mask issue and the putting the kids back in school the kids are all back in school across the state except for St. Louis County. And but 69 percent of the people voted for this guy. And I'm just like, this is amazing.
1: And yeah, so you got two points, either one, it's election fraud, which I don't know if it is or not. I don't mean to make any allegations that it is because I don't know. But I will say this. It's either that the people's will is not, are not being done and or two, that's what the people are embracing. And so, you, you know, what I know a lot of us patriots are angry. But when your fellow countrymen vote that which is tyrannical into place, I don't see how you're going to have freedom. Okay, and that's why we've got to spend time, in my opinion, in the media, educating people to what's really going on. I think most people don't mean to vote for the bad guy. They just aren't engaged enough to really know that it's the bad guy. They might hear that it's a lockdown or whatever else. For example, Joe Biden, you know, hey, he threatens to lock everybody down and, 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 and masks and everything else. Now, when he was running for office, he kind of said, oh, I won't mandate masks, I won't mandate vaccines, but the question is, will he? And That's he, true. And even if he doesn't physically by force and mandate, uh, will he back the cause enough and twist arms of of large companies and, and et cetera to get it done? States governors and, you know, will he twist arms even though he says he's not physically doing that by edict? Right. but yet he does? You know, okay, we've got to watch that stuff. And I believe most people just aren't caught up enough on what's really happening. Otherwise, they'd be shocked. And one last point, and then I'll let you go here. When well, I say have that, something to Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue on it. But the point is, so Joe Biden, for example, look, we've known that him and his son have been a criminal for literally years. Yeah. But do the people really <laughs> know that? And I submit to you, they do not. And if they did, they would not have voted for Joe Biden. That's kind of what I'm talking about, about the media and about we have to take this responsible responsibility seriously. And we can't just blame the nine Washington justices up there in Washington District of Criminals as the problem in our precincts. If there's vote fraud, it's a precinct discussion. It's not a, a nine judges at the Supreme Court discussion, is it? And so, we see, we need it. We can't just place blame with everybody else that things are melting down.
13: Right. Something ahead, I'd like to uh, about the mask issue. We were forced to wear a mask. My oxygen dropped into the 80s. They got off of me pretty fast. My wife dropped to 74. She was in the emergency room for five hours trying to get her oxygen level back up. And what do you think the first thing they wanted to do? Put another mask on her. And she yanked that thing off. She goes, that's why I'm in here. And we refuse to wear a mask. And so far, Sam's and Walmart will let us in during the senior hours, so at least we we can do something. I wish we had other choices, but we don't where we are. And... It's the medical profession out here has just gone completely nuts with this mask
1: nonsense. Yeah, but until enough Americans reject the mask deal, they're going to force it on you. And it's going to get more and more and more draconian. So the first the masks, then will they mandate vaccines? What's going to happen next, Ron? Uh, oh, we have to take a chip. <laughs> it's yeah. coming. Now listen, honestly- listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. Listen to this. Stay here for a second. And I want you to respond to this. There's a couple of headlines. Sure. First one says this. Some journalists have called for people to be put on a no-mask list like terrorists. And then you say, well, those journalists are crazy. Yeah, they are, but it gets worse. Rex Paris, he's the mayor of Lancaster down in California. Okay, Lancaster in Los Angeles, Rex Paris. He is calling for people without masks to be treated like actual terrorists he told the press quote if it were up to me anybody not wearing a mask in public would be arrested they should be treated like terrorists because that's what it is terrorism it is domestic terrorism okay so now you're talking about journalists you're talking about politicians locking down and now they're going to the next level before it was, well, you really should wear a mask. Then it was, well, you got to wear a mask. And then it was like, well, if you don't wear a mask, you're going to be fined. And then it was like, if you don't wear a mask, you're going to be arrested. And now if it, you don't wear a mask, you're going to be treated as a terrorist. Do you realize when you're treated as a terrorist, all your God-given constitutional rights are suspended? You become an enemy combatant?
13: Absolutely. Well, I, I presume you know about the story up in Canada where the guy was arrested in the Costco for not wearing a mask and dragged away in handcuffs. So... It's already started.
1: Okay, and so this is what I'm talking about. But if the people don't do anything about it, look, you don't need to worry about Canada, although I know that story's true and it's a serious problem. Uh, but you don't need to worry about Washington, D.C. or if Joe Biden or Donald Trump gets elected. And uh, okay, I'm I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is you can't solve that if you can't get rid of masks in your own town. I
13: agree. And several – the courts here, several restaurants have tried to go to the – courts here the courts refuse to even let them have a hearing i mean just outright refuse
1: hey but again are we going to start impeaching those judges are we going to start demanding are we going to start demanding that new people are elected to change this game see we we can't run uh, around and just blame everybody else that america's running off the rails
13: you know i've tried to educate a lot of people and i'm amazed how many people every time i bring any of this up The first word out of their mouth is conspiracy. I said, you know what? Conspiracy can be a good thing. A birthday present, a Christmas party. Conspiracy does not mean evil or secret, you know, secret things to hurt people. It can be a good thing. So I tried to get rid of that word first. And I'm like, let's deal with the issues. It's your freedom of choice if you want to wear a mask or not.
1: I'm going to tell you a story about a conspiracy. Are you ready? Yes, sir. There's a man working out in the field, and he left his shoes at the edge of the field. He's out there working in the field, working mm-hmm. hard. And two boys come along, and they see the shoes. And the one boy says, hey, man, I think we got to pull a trick on this guy. I think we got to hide his shoes. Wouldn't that be funny? And the other boy goes, no, that would actually be mean. After a hard day of work, this guy coming back trying to find his shoes, it'll just add frustration and disappointment to his already... I mean, the guy's already out there sweating and working and doing all that he can. And I got another idea. What if we put a silver dollar in each one of his shoes? And then we just sit back and hide and watch what happens. So they put a silver dollar in each shoe. And they got back and they hid and they watched. And the, young, and the man came out of the field after working so hard and sweating. And he started to put on his shoe and he put his foot in there and he felt that weird thing. What? and he, oh, And he pulls out a silver dollar. And he smiles, and then he puts his foot in the other shoe and pulls out a silver dollar, and then he starts to cry. And then he kneels down and thanks God for his prayers being answered. Is that a conspiracy? It is, but it's a good conspiracy. Roger that. And so this is your point, and it's a good one. And so I don't want to debate conspiracies. That's just the mainstream press's way to derail the argument and to change the game and the discussion. The reality is we, the people, need to take personal responsibility for our own government, our own lives. Then we need to do so in our families. And I personally back the male and female, one-man, one-woman marriage, God-ordained family. Uh, and if other families aren't perfect they aren't that way, then they can do the very best they can. But we should still teach to the ideal and live in the real and work towards the ideal. Uh, and, and what we need to do is then uh, work on self-governing individually. Uh, cleaning our hearts, repenting and and becoming a moral people, teaching our families to do the same. And I submit to you that society will be as strong as our families are, sir.
13: That's absolutely correct. I want to say thank you for taking the phone call and you have a good program.
1: Thanks, Ron. I appreciate you. There he goes. Ron doing a great job and bringing up some critical points about, look, we have got to take action. What is this deal where you expect an an elderly man, such as Ron, and I don't mean to call you old, sir, I'm just saying, uh, whose oxygen drops when he wears a mask, and we're going to mandate masks under penalty of terrorism? Okay, this choker Rex Paris, the mayor, down there in Lancaster, Los Angeles, needs to be absolutely removed from office. Who does this tyrant think he is? Okay, who does this little Napoleon think he is? Well, sadly, President Trump it used to be a vaccine critic and concern. Back in the debates with, uh, let's see, Rand Paul and Ben Carson, he wasn't very in favor of vaccines. But he's gone from critic to cheerleader. Let's talk about it.
2: Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
12: This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's advanced distance education program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job, it will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org.
1: All right, we know that Joe Biden is a fan of vaccines, but Donald Trump was a critic of vaccines before on the campaign trail, and when he was in the debates, the first go-around, when Ben Carson... Rand Paul, both doctors were critical and skeptical of vaccines as well. It's interesting to me that they even had a discussion about vaccines back then in detail. It's almost like they knew, huh? That's a weird, eerie thought for you. Call that a conspiracy guess, huh? Nevertheless, Trump on vaccines goes from skeptic to cheerleader. Yeah. Why is Trump promoting the vaccine so much? He's taking credit. As if it was something that's awesome, these vaccines, I don't believe they're safe and effective at all. But here's the soundbite to highlight what I'm claiming. As the FDA gives emergency approval for the use of Pfizer-BioNTech's
5: vaccine, President Trump's reaction, We have delivered a safe and effective vaccine in just nine months. This is one of the greatest scientific accomplishments in history. It will save millions of lives and soon end the pandemic once and for all. Do you believe any of the points Trump made are true? Let me kind of get this here. Here's President Trump. reaction. We have delivered a safe and
1: effective vaccine in just nine months. Do you believe we've delivered a safe and and effective vaccine in nine months? Uh, Do we know that it's safe and effective? See, I don't think so. I think we've short-circuited most of the testing and most of the normal protocols before something like this comes out onto the market. And we know even the ones that have not had shortened protocols or shortened um, delivery time, whatever you want to call it, emergency operation warp speed or whatever you want to call it. We know those vaccines aren't even safe and effective. How do we know? Because the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program has been around since 1986 to have spent $4 billion plus shilling the vaccine makers from liability. Remember, from responsibility there. And, and we, the people, the taxpayers, have paid the bill for when vaccines aren't safe and effective, to the tune of $4 billion. And experts admit that only about 3% of the cases even go to the, quote, special vaccine secret courts. Okay? Now, listen up. So are they safe and effective? Trump says so, but he doesn't know. He's not a doctor. Well, I'm listening to professionals that tell me, yeah, they've sur- circumvented the whole systems. But if we know that you got a vaccine injury compensation fund to shield the vaccine companies... And we know that it's already had to fork out over $4 billion over the last many years. And now this one's been short-circuited. You can't run around and claim it's safe and effective, Donald. To do so is disingenuous. Then he says this. This is one of the greatest scientific accomplishments in history. Is this the releasing of this vaccine, which we don't know if it's safe and effective, one of the greatest scientific accomplishments in history? Do you really believe that? Of all the things that you could look at and point to, do you believe that? See, I don't.
5: I don't at all. It will save millions of lives and soon end the pandemic
1: once and for all. We don't know if it'll save lives at all yet. And you know what? End the pandemic. Isn't this the guy that said last April that the pandemic was almost over? See, I'm debating if there's even a pandemic. You could say, well, Sam, people are getting super sick. I mean, my gosh, the deaths are crazy up with COVID. Yeah? What about the top doctor in the country, Dr. Fauci? How many deaths did he predict We're going to be from the corona? Can I ask you that? He said there was going to be a couple of million deaths by now. What do we have, 300,000 deaths? Now, don't get me wrong, is that significant? Of course it is. Is it horrible? Of course it is. But to say that it's of pandemic levels when we don't even know the numbers of how many people are infected, Really? Because the tests aren't reliable. And we don't really honestly know. Listen carefully. We don't honestly know how many people really have even died from the COVID. Because they admit the numbers aren't accurate. Now, we've had about 16 million people tested for the coronavirus. They say it's way more than that 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 have already had it and that are positive. But they say 16 million cases, right? Times that why 1%, that's 160,000. So we've had less than 2% die from this disease, 98 plus percent that you won't die from the COVID. And then when you start taking into account how many people really died from the corona versus other causes or underlying uh, conditions, et cetera, You start to really ask yourself, what's the truth? And the answer is we don't know. I'm not saying I know the truth. But I'm saying we cannot trust what we've been told. To do so would be disingenuous at best. The issue is honesty. But now Trump on vaccines from skeptic to cheerleader. Here's how big the propaganda campaign has gone. With Trump involved, Fauci still in place. Right? Right now, here's the headline from the mainstream press. I don't know if it's true. How can I know? And this is exactly my point. The American people don't have the truth on these things. And therefore, you know, how do you blame them? How do you blame them? For voting wrong or trusting Trump or trusting Biden or whoever else. They get so much propaganda that it's almost impossible to deal with or know the truth. Here's the headline. A White House official said on Monday, so that's what, yesterday? That President Donald J. Trump was willing to take the COVID-19 vaccine on television. But he may not be the best candidate because he already beat the disease. Did you hear this? A White House official said on Monday that President Trump is certainly willing to take the COVID-19 vaccine on TV, but he might not be the best candidate because he already beat the disease. So I got a question, several questions, in fact. Number one, how do you know if he takes the vaccine on TV that he really takes it? They can make it look like anything on TV, right? How do you know if he does take it that he wouldn't be given a placebo and it wouldn't really be the vaccine in the first place? even if he did take it, and even if it was a legitimate vaccine, they say he already beat the COVID without the vaccine. So my question is, how many people can beat the COVID without the vaccine? We already have the answer. Over 16 million people in the United States alone have been tested, and 300,000 people have died. So we know that less than 2% die, right? We know that already. So we know that you have a 98 plus percent odds of beating it without any vaccine whatsoever. But isn't it interesting how we had the vaccine numbers going down? Listen to me carefully. We had the vaccine numbers going down, but right before the vaccine comes out, the numbers just start to go up. Oh, Sam, to bring that up as a conspiracy theory. You're crazy. You don't have it. Look, it's fall. The flu season You know, goes crazy in the fall. Maybe. Maybe not. But I bring this up and you say I'm nuts and a conspiracy theorist, but I'm saying to you, how do we know that we can trust them? Remember, these are the people that commit vote fraud if necessary to get their guy in, right? Okay? That's the problem. All right, now let's compare a couple of things for your education, shall we? Utah, the state that I live in, has 235,000 cases of the COVID, at least according to their testing. 1,062 people have died. Now, those are sad numbers. I don't doubt it. But out of 235,000, what's 1% of that? Right? 235,000, 23,500 is 10%, 2,300 is 1%. It's like a half, less than a half a percent die. So if you're in Utah, you got a 99.5% chance of not dying from the COVID. And the number's going down as more tests happen because they say that it's already probably double the people or more, triple the people that have had the COVID but haven't been tested at all. So in Utah... You have 235,000 people that have been tested, and only 1,062 people have passed away, and the numbers are a lot larger. Okay, the numbers are pretty accurate in death, maybe, if you believe the the way they count them. Okay? But let me give you a comparison that we need to be exploring. 235,000 people in Utah have had the cocoa. 1,000 people have died, right? In Maryland, 236,000 people have been tested. And 5,100-plus people have died. What's the big difference? 224,000 in Kentucky and 2,200 have died. Why double? Right? Why does Utah have one of the lowest rates of COVID cases to death? Huh? Now let's look at Massachusetts. 294,000, so it's not a whole lot more than Utah, 235,000 to 294, but they have 11,000 deaths. Right? That's crazy, folks. In Colorado, you have 291,000 cases, 3,900 deaths four times. How come? In Virginia, you have 285,000 cases. 4,400 deaths Louisiana you have 269,000 but almost 7,000 deaths how come in South Carolina 254,000 but they almost have 5,000 deaths how come the numbers are so high in some of these states what are they doing What are the differences? Right? Nevada has a lot less to Utah's 235,000. Nevada has 189,000, but they have 2,500 deaths, over two and a half times, almost triple the deaths, if you will. Why? Mississippi, 181,000, way less than Utah. But 4,200 deaths, over four times the death. Why? Connecticut, 153,000. Almost 100,000 less than Utah. But they've literally got over five, probably seven times the death. Why? Okay, this is serious. We're not discussing any of that. What we're doing is running around saying those who won't wear masks are terrorists. What we're doing is running around saying, hey, you know what? Even President Trump's willing to take the vaccine. And What the eventual reality of this is anybody who won't take the vaccine or anybody who doesn't want to wear a mask will be dubbed as a terrorist and then they'll eventually back this force. They'll use contact tracing to track down everybody. They'll quarantine. They'll mandate masks. They'll mandate vaccinations. All in the name of safety. Let me end on this critical reality check from our founders. Ladies and gentlemen, our founding fathers said, if you trade your liberty for security, you will wind up with neither. I beg you, my fellow Americans, to educate yourselves and not be led to the slaughter with a nose ring. Do not let them mandate masks and call us terrorists if we won't wear one. Do not let them, you know, Trump, use the Trump card and put Donald on TV to take the jab as if it's safe and effective, and we don't have any proof of that. Science would say if we've cut all the corners, we don't have proof. By the way, there's been people that have been getting Bell's palsy and people that have died and people that get super sick from the vaccines. Are they reporting that to you? Go look it up, see if I know what I'm talking about. Okay, we need to be very careful, ladies and gentlemen, that we look to the local level and look to God, family, and country, okay? Thanks for listening. Hopefully it was educational. I doubt it was very entertaining. But we've got a serious road to hoe in America. But I declare this nation shall endure. We got to go to work. God save the Republic.